Good morning. Um, if you have uh, got your Bibles there with you, please open uh, up to Luke chapter 24. Um, there's no excuse of leaving your Bible at home uh, so quickly. Go now, uh, go and grab it um, and open up to Luke uh, 24, uh, where we'll be reading um, and looking at the passage of the road to Emmaus uh, in verses 13 to 35. Um, why don't we pray as we, uh, before we delve into God's word? Jesus, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would be softening and opening our hearts and our minds uh, to your word. Lord, we pray that uh, you would be helping us this morning to put our faith and our trust in you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever uh, been to the Eureka Sky Deck? I, uh, I must confess I've actually never been to the Eureka Sky Deck, um, but it sounds terrifying, uh, the thought of having to walk across the glass floors and looking down uh, on people and cars as if uh, they were just ants in the street. It's uh, the Eureka Sky Deck's 285 metres high, um, and surely as you stand on a glass floor, there would be a small part of you that thinks, what if this glass shatters? Um, glass is something that is just so, so fragile. Like, I swear every second week, um, there's another drinking glass that just breaks in the dishwasher. Like, glass is just not something that you stand on. That it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, there's a skywalk uh, in the north of China, um, which has a glass floor. It's over uh, a thousand meters above a valley. So to walk on glass, a glass floor, there's nothing between you and falling to your death other than just some glass. It, I think it takes some confidence, it takes some courage, and it really takes some faith to walk on a glass floor. There's these other videos of uh, that same skywalk uh, where people uh, know that the, this special effect is going to uh, crack the glass. Um, so they just meander, walking through um, and enjoying the view. To walk on, on glass that looks like it's cracking, I think this is a picture of what it means to have faith in times of doubt. And this morning we are going to look uh, to two of Jesus' followers who are going through a time of doubt. So hopefully you've got your Bibles there and Luke uh, 24, 13 to 35. And we're going to unpack some of these things, some things from uh, the passage. We pick up the story right after Jesus' death and resurrection. So it's really fitting for us to look at this passage the week following on from Easter. Um, so this is happening on Easter Sunday. It's day three uh, for them. The tomb in which Jesus was laid was found to be empty. Some of their friends who saw the angel told them uh, Jesus was alive, but they didn't see Jesus. So they didn't think it could be true. So doubt began to set in. I don't blame them. So these two followers of Jesus get up and they leave Jerusalem and go to a, a nearby town called Emmaus. And this is where the story actually kind of gets a bit strange. The risen Jesus starts to walk with them. Somehow he supernaturally hides his identity 
from them. And this actually wasn't uncommon. On a number of occasions in Scripture, we see uh, Jesus, the risen Jesus wasn't recognized right after his resurrection. So Jesus asks them, he's walking along the road with them and asks them, what are you talking about? And one of them replies, like, are you being living under a rock? Everyone is talking about Jesus of Nazareth. It would be like saying, so what global pandemic are you talking about? Like, Corona what? No, never heard of it. Have, have no idea what you're talking about. That is kind of the, the crazy uh, way that Jesus is asking, um, what are you talking about? But the two followers of Jesus uh, indulge the question, and we see this in uh, verses 20 and 21. And we pick it up halfway, but uh, in verse 20. So Jesus was sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. They had high hopes. They really believed Jesus was Messiah. But they couldn't believe he was alive. They couldn't believe he came back to life after his crucifixion. You know, they had heard reports from their friends who saw the angel, who said that Jesus was alive And some of the disciples had told them that the tomb was even empty, but it wasn't enough. Their hopes had just disintegrated when Jesus was crucified on Good Friday. They were deeply grieving Jesus' death. To bring it up again brought them to an absolute standstill. They literally stopped walking as they recalled the pain and the grief of what they witnessed and what has happened. They were feeling utterly lost, disappointed and disillusioned in their faith. Their firm hope in Jesus had vanished and they began to doubt what they had previously held onto so tightly. Because of Jesus' death, they felt like they didn't know Jesus' identity at all anymore. They thought he was the Messiah, but now they didn't know what to think. So maybe this morning you're joining us and you're feeling uncertain about who you know God to be. You yourself might be uncertain about Jesus' identity. Maybe circumstances haven't turned out like you thought. Like these guys didn't expect Jesus to die. And so they're not sure what to do next. So they just leave and get up and leave Jerusalem. Maybe life hasn't gone the way you have expected it. And now you're unsure of what God's call or purpose is for your life. Maybe you're feeling like your faith is whittling away. It's being suffocated. And you feel like you've got more questions then you do have answers. So let's dive into the rest of this text and we'll see how Jesus strengthens the faith of two of his followers. And my hope and my prayer is that as we unpack this, that your faith and my faith will be strengthened. So verses 25 to 27. uh, He said to them, how foolish, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So they're on the walk. And once they explain to Jesus what has happened, Jesus rebukes them. He's like, well, you're not so bright, are you? You didn't really quite get it. And Jesus reveals uh, the crux of their misunderstanding. Did not the Messiah have to suffer? He says. They understood enough to believe that he was the Messiah. But the crucifixion and suffering of Jesus that he would need to go through, they just didn't understand. They just didn't get it. They didn't see how it was necessary that the Messiah needed to die. Jesus explains that the death of the Messiah was absolutely necessary. There was no other way. There was no other way for humanity to be reconciled with God other than through the sacrificial death of God's own son. God in the flesh. So Jesus starts systematically taking them through the Old Testament scriptures, showing them how it all points to him. What I would give to be a fly on the wall in that lecture would have been amazing. And so in the midst of their their Sunday afternoon stroll, Jesus turns to the scriptures. I want to share a story with you about uh, when my son Isaac was first born. Um, There were these moments where I can remember that I just would love having cuddles in bed uh, before transferring him to his cot. Um, And I can remember those nights waking up two or three times in the middle of the night thinking that I was still holding Isaac, but I'd lost him. I don't know, maybe this is a common thing with parents or maybe it's just me, I don't know. And I would freak out thinking that he'd rolled off the bed or I've accidentally rolled on top of him. Um, It would take me a good 30 seconds of trying to figure out where the heck is Isaac gone before I realised he was sleeping soundly in his cot at the end of our bed. I didn't have him at all. I'd put him in his cot and I'd fallen asleep. When we go through seasons of doubt, It can feel like we're rummaging through the dark, looking for answers. And it's in these times we need clarity. We need understanding of our circumstances. We need truth. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 119, 105, that God's word, the Bible, is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. The Bible brings light to the darkness of our disillusionment and uncertainties. It's in times of doubt. Look into what the Bible says about your situation. Investigate what the Bible says about what you're feeling and facing. We need to open up our Bibles and grow in our understanding and our faith will be strengthened. So they, they speak Uh, For so long, it starts to get dark, and they beg Jesus to stay with them. And we'll pick up the rest of the story in, uh, in verse 30. It says, When he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. When their eyes were opened and they recognized him, 
and he disappeared from their sight. They asked uh, each other, were our hearts not burning within us while he talked to us, uh, talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Yeah, verse 32 there tells us that it was through the understanding of the scriptures that they were deeply moved, their hearts burned. They didn't know it was Jesus teaching them at that point, but it was through the understanding of God's word that they were most impacted. And what's really quite ironic about this story is that they were so disappointed that Jesus had died that he was gone. Yet Jesus was walking the road with them. And he talked with them probably for a few hours and then even sat down to have a dinner together with them. It's only then Jesus' identity was revealed to them. One commentator uh, says this about it. We cannot see the risen Christ, although he be walking with us, unless he wills to disclose himself. Jesus is risen. And we celebrated that last week. And just because we cannot see him doesn't mean he isn't walking with us. A few years ago, uh, Clyde and I, uh, we went to Phuket, Thailand, and I really wanted to go snorkeling and swimming in the clear, blue, warm water. So we, we booked a speedboat tour that took us around to some of the most beautiful islands. Um, now for me, this was the highlight of the trip, but for Clyde, she actually has a, a deep fear of deep water. If she can't touch the bottom, she can't see the bottom, then she freaks out that there could be something there. So we went to this place um, called Pile Lagoon, the lagoon, um, and it's about 20 metres deep um, and surrounded by cliffs. We've got a photo there, um, and it's absolutely beautiful. I was in my absolute element. Clyde was not feeling so confident. So we were on the boat and we were invited to jump in and swim around. And um, we, after we watched numerous primary school kids just have the guts to be able to jump in, I started to encourage Clyde, you know, you can do this. You know, we've actually already been snorkeling today already and that went well. You can do this. So we walked to the front of the boat and, you know, I jumped in first and Clyde hesitated. I waited in the water for her. And then these kids who kind of kept jumping in and then swimming back to the boat and then jumping in again and again, they started to cut in front of her because she was taking so long. It felt like about five minutes until Clyde mustered up the courage to jump in. So she leapt into the air only for her foot to be still under the railing and she belly flopped into the water in front of the entire tour group. And I, I promise I, I did get permission to share this story with you. Um, and as Clyde and I reflected on this story, if, it wasn't, if I wasn't there with her, she would have never have jumped in the water. If I wasn't there with her, she would have never even gotten on the boat. Having someone with you that you trust gives you confidence. In times of uncertainty and doubt, remember that Jesus is with you 
especially in this time of isolation and social distancing. Remember, Jesus is with us. Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 28, 20, Surely I am with you always. And what's more is that he's given us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to dwell within us, to guide us, to comfort us, to help us. Remember, we are not walking alone. We too can have a conversation with the risen Jesus. In times of doubt and uncertainty, speak to Jesus about it. It seems obvious, but I think it's a bit counterintuitive. Spend some time in prayer. Speak to Jesus about your doubts, what you're uncertain about, your frustrations. Let's continue reading in the text. We'll pick up from verse 33. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, that's the other disciples, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told them of what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. They were so excited that they saw Jesus, that Jesus was alive, that they left late at night to return to Jerusalem to tell the disciples. They were willing to trek unlit paths and unlit roads where they would be vulnerable to robbers and wild animals just to share the news that Jesus was alive. You know, first they are begging Jesus not to continue to walk in the dark because they know how dangerous it is. But now, by their own volition, they are out walking in the dark. Their doubts had vanished and their renewed faith drove them to risk a dangerous journey to share the news. The presence of Jesus and the understanding of the scriptures strengthened their faith. In times of doubt, we need to seek God's presence. We need to delve into the Bible and seek to learn it and understand it. And this will lead us to trust God, even in risky, uncertain situations. A few years ago, Clyde and I both felt that God was telling us to quit both our jobs right before we went away on a trip overseas. So we would have no work to come back to and we, would knew, we knew that we would come back with no money. Not sure of how we'd continue to be able to pay rent and pay the bills. But we really, really felt like it was God asking us to do it. So we did it. We trusted God, we quit our jobs, and we got in a plane and left. And we got back, and God provided. We found some work, and about at least a dozen times, random people we knew would give us money. They didn't know we were in need, just completely out of the blue, with the only explanation that God had told them to. It was a risky move for us to quit our jobs. But we trusted God and he came through for us. 
I want to share a quote with you from A.W. Tozer, who says this about risk. Pseudo-faith always arranges a way out to serve in case God fails it. Real faith knows only one way and gladly allows itself to be stripped of any second way or makeshift substitutes. For truth faith, it is either God or total collapse. And not since Adam first stood up on the earth has God failed a single man or woman who trusted him. In times of doubt, we attempted to make backup plans for if God fails. You know, faith challenges us to trust him. Trust him with your status, your wallet, your vocation. Trust him with everything you have, even if it goes against the wisdom of this world. I don't mean to be irresponsible. Like, I don't want you to go risk it for Jesus and go and break quarantine. That's, that's just dumb. Um, faith won't lead us to just play it safe all the time. Faith will lead us to action and that sometimes people won't understand that. And that's okay. I think sometimes we can still live like Easter Sunday never really happened. We can live as if Jesus is still dead in the grave and our hope and our confidence is dead too. We eventually stop making backup plans for our faith and our faith just becomes the backup plan. That's not what Jesus came to accomplish. Jesus is alive. He's alive. So let's live like it. Let's not do what's just easy or what's safe. But instead, trust in Jesus in spite of our doubts, in spite of the risk, in spite of our uncertainties. just want to close with, with this. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. Sight would say, I haven't seen Jesus, so I can't trust him. But faith says, even though I can't see him, I trust he is here. So let's not be a people who live by what we see or don't see. Let's be a church that holds on to the truth that we read in the Bible. Let's be a church that is filled with confidence that Jesus walks with us. Let's be a church that is willing to risk a dangerous journey to share the good news of Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are a firm foundation, that you will not fail us and you will not let us down. Help us to put our faith and trust in you. Help us to learn and study your word. Help us to spend time in your presence. Help us to remember that you are always with us. And Lord, give us the courage, even in this time of isolation, to share the good news of Jesus, to share the gospel, to share your death and resurrection in our place for our sin so that we can be reconciled with you, God, that we could know you, Lord, what, 
great news that is. Lord, help us to, to share that. We thank you that we can do that via technology now. So Lord, we pray that you would be reaching our friends, our neighbours, our family members that do not know you. Lord, give us the courage to share the good news with those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.